Hello, I'm Henry. And I'm Trey. And welcome to Marvelous, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Where we've gone through the entire MCU up through phase two, movie by movie, show by show, in order of release. Except for Daredevil season one, but anyways, we've done it. We have finished all of phase two, and it's time to talk about our thoughts on all the movies and the poll we did, where people on the internet and some of our listeners got to share their opinions on all of these movies. We got over 350 responses. So I guess we should just start with our poll. And the first thing we asked, just to get a baseline, was which movies did you see? And something that I found really weird about this one is that no movie had a 100% viewership among the people who took the poll. Yeah, that's really bizarre. Yeah, the one that had been seen the most was Guardians of the Galaxy with two people not having seen it. So, shame on those two? (laughs) I'm surprised not everyone has seen Avengers, considering this is, like, the Marvel fan base. Yeah, well, three people in our poll didn't see Avengers or Winter Soldier. Avengers Age of Ultron, to be specific. But the movie that got the least views, unsurprisingly, was Thor The Dark World, which only had a 92.6% viewership. Oh no... Yeah, I don't think that really surprises anyone, because even a hardcore fan of the Marvel movies may not want to watch that one, because as people who have listened to this podcast before may know, I despise that movie, and many people do, as you'll learn more about as we talk about it in this podcast. Yeah, but I'm actually kind of surprised it even has a 92. (laughs) I mean, the people that would answer a poll like this are way more likely to have seen pretty much everything. That's why I'm more shocked that there are some people that haven't seen all of them. Yeah, it was a bit surprising. Yeah. I actually just pulled up our poll on Phase 1, and it turns out Phase 1's results were pretty similar, with the Incredible Hulk being the black sheep of the bunch. I don't know who you Marvel fans are that don't watch all the Marvel movies, but shame on you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways... Since it's phase two, we have some TV shows to talk about. And this data is not perfect because I forgot to add it at first and then I didn't make it a requirement of the poll. So it's not perfect. But we did see that around 50% of the people who answered had seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season one. Just under 50% had seen season two. Around 30% have watched Agent Carter. And around 65% have seen Daredevil season one with 25% of people responding that they haven't seen any of them at all. To be honest, I was really surprised that only half the fan base tried Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, I'm curious what people mean by their responses, since we gave a binary yes or no option. Maybe a lot more tried and stopped watching? That's possible, yeah. Yeah. I'm honestly a bit more surprised that Agent Carter Season 1's viewership is so much lower, because Agent Carter is a really popular character, and it was kind of like a mid-season break for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, I believe. So I would have just assumed the same people would have watched both. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised, because I already know Agent Carter's viewership was so low, which is why it was cancelled. <laughs> Yeah, but for me, I liked season one a lot more than two, so I was blaming two more than season one. Season two had slightly more viewership, and that's about it. Oh, did it have more? Wow, that's surprising. I might be misremembering that, but I know that both seasons had pretty relatively low numbers. Yeah, and 
my personal take is <laughs> season two didn't deserve a lot. So whatever. It's a bummer. I just wish we got to see them found shield and they didn't. No, they did not. I feel like it's worth mentioning though, like how much more people have watched daredevil. Oh yeah, true. And I think it being on Netflix and being the first Marvel Netflix show was a big deal and so well received. Yeah, I think it's definitely word of mouth that helped a lot of it, because if everyone's hearing that it's good, then people are going to watch it whether they're a Marvel fan or not. And ease of access and the ability to marathon. I think being able to marathon these shows was a huge help, especially because it was built for it. Unlike S.H.I.E.L.D. and Carter, which could get bogged down by their weekly episodes. Yeah, but just the fact that 25% of fans didn't even, like, were like, nah, not interested. (laughs) I find it interesting, too. Yeah. Well, TV shows are a lot of effort to keep up with. (laughs) Yeah. And I I fully expect that, though I guess one-fourth of the fan base is like, huh, it's a pretty solid number. Yeah. It was definitely more than I would have expected. But anyways, this poll was more to cover the movies than the TV shows of Phase 2. So I guess we should just go straight into what everyone said was their favorite and least favorite movie. And with an overwhelming victory, Captain America Winter Soldier wins with 56.2% of the vote. Indeed, with Guardians coming in second place with almost 30%. Yep. It's actually kind of funny. Like, they just absorbed all the votes because nothing else got more than 6%. Iron Man 3 was at third place with 5.5%. I mean, considering how standout they were among the phase, that's not really surprising. It's not, but it's just kind of funny to remember that in Phase 2, people were just not that impressed by Age of Ultron in regards to the whole phase. Yeah, I mean, people could be impressed by Age of Ultron and still think Winter Soldier was better, so it's kind of hard to judge this based on that. Yeah, well, I mean, it was only the favorite of the phase to 4.4% of the audience that answered, and I just think it's interesting to see a visual reminder that it was a satisfactory movie, but it definitely wasn't as good as Winter Soldier to most people. And compare this to Infinity War, which the majority of the audience absolutely loved, it shows how much better the Avengers movies can be, that Avengers movies don't have to play it safe. Yeah, and I feel like someone's comment captured the reasoning for it pretty well, because the marketing for Avengers Age of Ultron made it seem like it was going to be incredible. Like, just something about the feel of the music and the tone in the trailer was like, wow, this is going to be chilling. And then the actual movie was nothing like that. (laughs) Yeah, like Ultron's introduction in all the marketing was like, there ain't no strings on me. I am creepy. I am powerful. I'm unstoppable. I'm this like strange, creepy puppet. And then he just turned into another funny Avengers character. And I like Ultron, but he just isn't, He isn't what I expected, and he isn't amazing. And something that I had seen in this YouTube video that I was watching last night analyzing Iron Man was about how there was such a missed opportunity in Avengers Age of Ultron to have Tony Stark and Ultron interact more, since Ultron was this weird bastardization of an idea that was in his head. And we never really get to see Iron Man deal with that until, like, Civil War. And they almost never talk to each other, All of Ultron's conversations, really, are with Vision or the Maximoff twins. And I think if they 
played on that more heavily, that also would have made Ultron more compelling? There's definitely a lot of missed potential in Age of Ultron, though if you do look at it just as the movie that it was and not as what it could have been, I still think it's a pretty solid film. I agree. I'm just not even slightly surprised that it wasn't towards the top of the rank of most favorited movie. We also asked what everyone's least favorite movie is, and to no one's surprise, that was Thor The Dark World, which got 71.3% of the vote for least favorite. Also, I should probably point out, it didn't get a single vote for favorite movie. The only movie with 0%. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Thor. (laughs) Yeah, and... Again, this is, like, the context of the poll. Like, I actually like Thor The Dark World, and I still voted at least favorite because every other movie on this list is better. (laughs) Yeah. Being least favorite doesn't mean bad. It just means least favorite, even though, in my opinion, it's bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Iron Man got second place with 15%. Yeah, which is kind of shocking, but it kind of gives credit to overall how good the quality of Phase 2 was. Because Iron Man 3 is a flawed movie, but in my opinion, it's a pretty fun and good movie. Well, it also gives voice to the hugely divisive nature of it in the fan base, considering so many people hate Iron Man 3, and I don't really know why, because I think it's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it has more to do with hardcore comic book fans hating the Mandarin not being represented adequately, but... Magic wasn't even introduced to this universe until many years later, so adding the Mandarin in that early would have been kind of weird. I don't know. I feel like maybe we should have asked a question that would have gotten to that. Like, I I don't know how we could have done that, actually. Well, our poll did mention, did you like the Mandarin twist? But it didn't mention, would you have liked the Mandarin to use magic? (laughs) Yes, but we don't know how many people who liked the Mandarin twist liked the movie. Ah, yeah. Because all we said was favorite or least favorite. Yeah. And that's just one of the limitations of the poll and also not wanting to grab everyone for like an hour to give all of their opinions ever. Like, I could have had everyone rank the movies in order of which they like to which they don't like. But that would have been way too much. Yeah. But moving on, we asked some other questions about the aspects of these movies that they liked the most. We wanted to know which movie people thought had the best story, had the best action, the best comedy, and the best drama. Since, unsurprisingly, since Captain America Winter Soldier is voted as everyone's favorite, it was also voted as having the best story, with 74.8% of the votes. But one of our other categories, comedy, it has next to no votes unsurprisingly because it's not a comedy nope (laughs) so this is a good chance for other movies to shine like ant-man and guardians of the galaxy it also got best action and best drama with 59.8 percent for action and 69 percent for best drama for second place in story we have guardians of the galaxy with only 12.74 percent of the vote but since there's not a lot of votes left that's a large amount in comparison to the (laughs) other ones third place was iron man with 6.6 For action, Captain America Winter Soldier slips down to 59.8%, with Avengers Age of Ultron taking second place with 23.2. And action is definitely one thing that Age of Ultron excelled in. Yeah, that's true. It's a bit overdramatic and flashy, in my opinion, some of the times. So I like the action of Winter Soldier more, but it definitely has a few top-notch moments. 
Yeah, Winter Soldier's action is what I voted as my best innovation because it completely redid um, Captain America. So definitely my favorite too. <laughs> There's definitely different feels of different levels of action. Like really ground level action can be amazing and pretty large scale action can be amazing. But I think the large scale stuff's really hard to pull off. And a movie like Avengers Infinity War did it really well. But Age of Ultron, not as strongly. I would say scenes of Infinity War did it really well, and other scenes were questionable. <laughs> okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, for comedy, we have Guardians of the Galaxy winning with 71% of the vote. Not surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. Although, I'm happy that Ant-Man got 24.5% of the vote. I didn't think that many people were going to vote for it, but they did. And I really like that because that's my vote. It was mine too. I mean, I don't know why you thought not that many would vote for it. It's the second most comedic movie there. Yeah, I think it just has to do with the fact that in some of these votes, I think people's perspective from phase three has sunk into their perspectives on this poll. I think people just remember Guardians of the Galaxy is the funniest thing ever. And they probably haven't watched Ant-Man in a while to remember just how brilliant it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <laughs> yeah, Iron Man also got third place, by the way. Iron Man's getting a lot of third places. <laughs> and it is Iron Man 3, so that's fitting. Yeah. Hey, that's funny. <laughs> but, I mean, third place with 2.23% is like nothing. Hey, it is a funny movie, but yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> as far as drama goes, <laughs> Iron Man also got third place in that one at 9.1%. Avengers Age of Ultron got Second place with 9.6. So Avengers and Iron Man were almost tied. Yep. And Winter Soldier takes the cake as usual. Oh, yes. But now we should talk about our new heroes. Indeed. One thing we asked, of course, was who is your favorite new Phase 2 hero? And in first place, with 25.1% of the vote, we have Star-Lord. That really surprised me, actually. I didn't know people liked Star-Lord that much. I wasn't sure how this vote was going to look, either. Because I figured that most people who love the Guardians love all of them kind of equally, so choosing between them would have diversified all their votes more. But yeah, Star-Lord took the cake. Gamora got almost last place. The only person that did worse than Gamora was Quicksilver, which I assumed no one would like, and... Spoilers for least favorite, it's Quicksilver. <laughs> <laughs> Which I I wonder how, if that would still be the case if he hadn't died. I don't think it would have been. I think his showing in Age of Ultron was actually pretty fun. His personality of being super impatient and doing funny things like trying to grab Thor's hammer while running super fast and getting dragged away from it. And uh, you didn't see that coming, did you? Like, I think he was really good in that one movie. He just never got a chance to shine. Yeah. So I actually kind of wish I took him out of the poll to just get more accurate information for least favorite. Yeah. Whatever. Same. (laughs) Yeah. There are a few questions like that that we'll talk about later on. I'm also surprised that Gamora's at the bottom of the favorite hero list because I thought she would be near the top with Star-Lord. Same. One thing that really surprised me was how high Scarlet Witch was because in the poll I tried to specify I'm like, please vote. On your opinions of Phase 2, try not to remember Phase 3 for a second. And I don't think that that was accurate. (laughs) I don't think 11.6% of the people would have voted for Scarlet Witch 
in phase two? Probably not. But we should mention the others of the top three. Yeah, so right behind Star-Lord's 25% comes Ant-Man with 22%, pretty close second place. And Rocket got 16% of the vote. I honestly can't remember if I voted for Rocket or Ant-Man, but god, they are so funny and so great. I definitely voted for Ant-Man. He's my favorite new hero. (laughs) Yeah, he is hilarious. I'm honestly surprised that Rocket is so high, though. Rocket was like the standout of Guardians of the Galaxy. He was such a shocking surprise. Really? I thought so. I remember people loving him when he was new. It's a personality type like me who absolutely loves characters like that. Like, Rocket is just great. I guess I'm in the boat of not really understanding that. (laughs) Yeah. But to talk about least favorites, Quicksilver got exactly 50% of the vote. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... People are not a fan. I was really surprised and sad to see Falcon take second place with 14%. Yeah, I love Falcon. And I expected him to be higher. But yeah, I guess aside from Quicksilver, Falcon took it. Yeah, apparently we're in the minority for thinking that he's great. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. It's hard to tell with these extremes. (laughs) Yeah. And third place for least favorite was Vision with 97 Fourth was Drax with 8.6, and Gamora was fifth with 5.5. Yep. And for the least, least favorited heroes, there's a tie with Ant-Man and Groot, because they are so pure and wholesome and wonderful, and they deserve to not be disliked. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) If this was teenage or baby Groot, uh, I think we'd have some dislikes in there. Yeah, I definitely find adult Groot. Adult first Groot to be the best Groot. <laughs> I agree to many people's dismay, I'm sure, who love baby Groot. <laughs> yeah. He's he's funny, but he's not he's kinda gimmicky. And dumb. And dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <But> Groot yeah. fans. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we wanted to ask that question of who your favorite new hero was in phase two to get a good understanding of where people's new favorites were coming from. But of course, we wanted to know everyone's favorite overall. And last time we did this poll, to no one's surprise for phase one, Captain America and Iron Man took the cake. And they literally tied. Yep. This time, we have a slightly smaller sample size, so maybe it's less accurate. I don't know. No poll is ever going to be perfect unless you literally ask everyone on the planet. But Captain America took this one. He got 39.3% of the vote. And Iron Man was in second with 31.0%. Yeah, and I was actually looking at the responses who had Iron Man in Phase 1 as their favorite, and quite a few of them did switch to Captain America in Phase 2. Yeah, and it makes sense, because, I mean, in Phase 1, Captain America was not nearly as compelling. But in Phase 2, with the Winter Soldier, most people's favorite movie in the phase, he just really blew it out of the park this phase. He really did, yeah. And... Iron Man kind of whiffed a little bit this phase, because like I was talking about earlier, he could have been used a lot better in Age of Ultron. Iron Man 3 was a really good, funny movie, but like, it had its issues. In Phase 2, Iron Man kind of declined a bit. Yeah, and not having a really amazing Iron Man film since the very first one probably didn't help. (laughs) Yeah, but a theory that I had before we even asked this question was, 
that Iron Man fans were going to get diluted through all the new heroes, where Captain America fans are a little bit more devoted. So one question I did ask was, did your favorite hero change from Phase 1 to Phase 2? Like, was your favorite hero Iron Man in Phase 1 and now it's someone else because Star-Lord was introduced or Captain America showed off and now is your favorite? Like, we wanted to get that information. So this data isn't completely perfect because we noticed that a few people were confused by what we were asking. So there were some people that didn't get it. But we saw that approximately 59% of the people said that their favorite from Phase 1 is still their favorite. And approximately 24% said Iron Man was their favorite in Phase 1 and no longer is. And Captain America had 11% of people say he was their favorite and no longer is. Everyone else in Phase 1 had really negligible percents beyond that. So it's really interesting to see that it's possible Captain America fans are a little bit more devoted. Plus, Captain America really excelled in Phase 2. Where in Phase 1, Iron Man really was the standout, but his long-term showings just weren't as impressive and didn't really garner the devotion as some of the other heroes. But anyways, that could be what the discrepancy was of why Iron Man's popularity relative to Captain America may have gone down a bit. In third place, though, for favorite was Thor with 9.7%. And to be honest, I'm guessing this is because of people's opinions in Phase 3. I tried to ask in the poll for people to say their opinions as of Phase 2, and I kind of do not believe that 9.7% thought Thor was their favorite in Phase 2. <laughs> I think it's possible... He's so not compelling in Phase 2. Thor the Dark World is so awful. (laughs) People like Thor, though. Even with his bad movies, people have liked Thor. And it's only 9%. Sure, but I mean, it's also third place. Yes. Anyways, Ant-Man with 4.2% takes fourth, and Hulk at 3.6%. So most of the top five is still Phase 1 heroes. Ant-Man is the only one who broke into the top five. Yep. Uh, where's Star-Lord? Star-Lord's at 6th with 2.5%. And it just goes to show how much people love Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah. Which makes me really nervous about Phase 4. Like, if those two are not (laughs) gonna be big anymore, or if they die, like, what is gonna happen? Like, Iron Man is my favorite. I need him. I agree. I don't know what I'm gonna do without Captain America, and I don't know what's gonna happen to the fan base. (laughs) Yeah, because, like, I know if we did this poll and added, like, Black Panther, he'd garner a lot of votes. But, like, Doctor Strange? I don't know. Wasp? I'm not sure. Captain Marvel? Maybe. But, God, not having Iron Man and Captain America is going to hurt. Yeah, I imagine that these movies may uh, drop off a bit in the amount of people that go to see them. Yeah. Although, Spider-Man also is going to be huge in future movies. I should mention that one. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited for Phase 4, but nervous, and I need to see Avengers 4. I need to know what is is gonna happen to my wonderful heroes. Don't we all? Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyways, to least favorite heroes, to no surprise once again, we have Quicksilver with 38.1% of the vote. And War Machine gets second with 10.5%. Poor War Machine. And Falcon, with 8.6%, is in number three. So I guess our duo of flying black sidekicks are just not that popular. (laughs) I cannot believe that people dislike Falcon more than Hawkeye, who's at 7.7%. Yeah. I'm also kind of surprised Drax is at 7.2%. But I feel like it's just because 
If you don't like Drax, you hate Drax. <laughs> I don't like Drax. <laughs> so, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but yeah, like, War Machine I can kind of get. He's kind of weird. Especially in Iron Man 3. But he has some really funny moments, like, when he breaks into that Afghani, like, sweatshop. And he's like, you're free now, if you weren't before. And he doesn't deserve the hate. He kind of does. He's boring. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I'm surprised Hawkeye was up there with a 7.7. Black Widow was also up there. She was in 7th place with 5.2. And since I mentioned 7th place, I should mention 6th place was Vision. At 6.6. Yeah. So, unsurprisingly, the least, least favorite was Captain America. (laughs) (laughs) But he did get some votes. That's actually my favorite thing ever, that he's he's the least, least favorite. (laughs) You can't hate him. He's a wonderful man. Even though I'm Team Iron Man, he's just great. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then we get to our aspects of heroes with coolest powers, lamest powers, and funniest hero. Indeed. So our hero with the coolest powers was Scarlet Witch at 28.4%, which I'm also curious if that one's biased towards Phase 3, but she really did get to show off in Age of Ultron. Yeah, I mean, there's not many contenders for coolest powers, I feel like. Well, Thor was pretty close. In second, he got 23.2%. Only 5% less. Well, that's that's what I mean. There's oh, there, yeah. there's not that <laughs> many cool powers. <laughs> well, okay. Let me just go through the rest of the top five. Next is Vision with 14.9%. Then Iron Man with 11%. And then Ant-Man with 7.4%. Those are definitely the five most interesting heroes in, in terms of powers. Although I am kind of surprised by how high Iron Man was voted. He is my personal favorite for, like, I think his powers are amazing, but I just thought most people wouldn't agree. This poll definitely feels like it's been weighted from Phase 3, just based on Scarlet Witch and Thor and Iron Man. All of them had fantastic moments in Phase 3, and that's why I'm like, uh, and they're the top three. (laughs) Yeah, they got huge upgrades. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. But to talk about the lamest ones... In first place is Hawkeye with 21.5%. <laughs> Finally, he loses. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly always like Hawkeye. His bow is satisfying. It's neat. There are a bunch of people on here who have literally no power. So it always kind of bothers me that even though he has no power, he has like a cool special trait and still loses. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's dumb. <laughs> okay. Anyways, let's do the next of the top few. So next is Drax with 19.3%. Then Black Widow with 16.3%. Then Falcon with 15.1%. I understand Black Widow and Drax being up in there because they don't really have powers. I mean, Drax is extra strong, but I'm assuming that's not super abnormal for his race. And Black Widow is just an amazing martial artist. But Falcon has this cool jetpack and stuff. Why? Why the hate? I know, I I don't get that hate. War Machine is also down as number 5 with 7.1%. Like, they're so cool. Why would you rate Falcon and War Machine as lamest powers when there's someone else without powers, like Gamora? Yeah, that I don't get. (laughs) She's like Great Black Widow. Yeah, literally. (laughs) With swords. The other thing that we asked, like Trey said before, was who's the funniest hero? And the winner, to my shock, but... Incredible joy was Ant-Man with 23.7%. Yay. But that might be because the Guardians got split up. 
because number two, really close second, was Star-Lord with 22%, and number three was Drax at 18.7. I did not expect Drax to be this high. Uh, People love Drax's humor, so makes sense. He is really funny. Things don't go over his head, but I don't think he deserves third place. Um, I think Aaron would disagree with you. Yes. Aaron is our friend who guest hosted on our Guardians episode, for those who have not listened to that. And Iron Man got fourth place with 16%. Which I'm really glad he did, because he is absolutely hilarious. But since his movies aren't predominantly like comedy movies or anything, he doesn't really get the chance to shine as a comedy character, but he is quippy and hilarious, so I'm glad he got the recognition he deserved. Also, Rocket was number five at 10.2, so three of the top five are the Guardians. Yeah, I mean, it's a funny, it got funniest movie. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no surprise, the comedy characters were the funniest. So anyways, now that we've talked about our favorite heroes, we must also talk about the favorite villains. Isn't that right? If they exist. (laughs) Yeah, the villains of Phase 2 are, like, kind of off compared to Phase 1. It's just a little different. Yeah, there was a comment on the poll about this. They basically said Phase 2 has some truly weak villains, much worse than the other two phases. And they're glad they've started to address the issue. And I kind of completely agree with that. Yeah, I think one of the weirdest parts about Phase 2 is that most of the most compelling villains are kind of the side character to the main villain. Like, Nebula and the Winter Soldier are two really standout characters, but they weren't the main antagonists, really. No, and even the best movie of the phase, Winter Soldier, like, the villain, there's not really one villain, it's more just, like, Hydra as a whole. So it's hard to, and that's not even on here, so it's hard to classify, really. And the thing with these movies, though, is that they are really well done without needing a great villain, which is probably why they don't have them. (laughs) Exactly. Especially for origin stories, you really do want to focus on the characters. And that's one thing with Guardians and Ant-Man, where those movies are really strong, but their villains are just not very compelling. Yeah, and same with Winter Soldier, since it's... Like, again, you don't really have a villain to vote as your favorite. It didn't really need one villain. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I should explain how we did our poll. We asked people to do favorite and least favorite villains in two different categories. We have masterminds, the people with the plans, the people that don't really fight or anything, and the combatants, the people that the heroes are fighting. Sometimes these overlap, like Ronin and Yellowjacket, but not always. So for the masterminds we had for Phase 2, we have Aldrich Killian, Malekith, Alexander Pierce, Zola, Ronan, Ultron, and Darren Cross. And the most favorite mastermind of Phase 2 was Ultron with 44.2%. Then Alexander Pierce with 26.8%. Then Ronan in third place at 12.7%. I don't even really know how to gauge these answers, to be honest, because like even when I was voting myself, I'm like, I guess I'll vote for Alexander Pierce because Winter Soldier villainy in general was the best, but... Eh. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of hard for Phase 2, and it just reminds me that like I 
don't find any of these characters very memorable, aside from Ultron. Yeah. For least favorite, we have Malekith. Not a huge surprise, because he's just bland villain McVillain face. He has 58.8% of the vote. Then Aldrich Killian at 19.3%, which was pretty surprising to me. I'm surprised he got voted more than, like, Darren Cross or Ronan. I'm not. Okay, to be fair, here was a problem. Aldrich Killian wasn't great. The Mandarin was intimidating and cool and then hilarious when it's revealed who, who the fake Mandarin is. But he didn't really fit in this category. Like, I didn't feel right to add him in. So I think that was part of the problem. Well, I think all of the villains, like aside from Malekith, all the other villains are strong and perfect for the movies that they're in. Like Darren Cross, I wouldn't vote him for least favorite. Ronan, really good for a Guardians villain. But Killian, as an Iron Man villain, I think that could have been better. Yeah. And we talked about this in our Iron Man 3 episode, how in Iron Man 1 and 2, the villains were connected to Tony Stark in some way, and they had way more reason to fight. But in Iron Man 3, it was kind of this weird ad hoc random shenanigans reason for Iron Man to get involved, and it wasn't that compelling. It didn't really fit. They like tried to make it personal, but it wasn't really, and that's why I think I, I'm not I'm not surprised that he got second place for least favorite. Yeah. Well, anyways, for our masterminds, we also wanted to talk about how good their plan was. Like, was it ingenious and like it almost would have worked if it wasn't for our hero or was it kind of silly and didn't make sense? So our winner for best plan was Alexander Pierce because Hydra almost did it. They did a great job. Captain America single-handedly. Well, he had help thanks to Black Widow and Falcon and Nick Fury. But like if Captain America wasn't there... Hydra would have won. Yeah, definitely. To be fair, you could theoretically say this about any hero movie, but like this was the most compelling story and it felt really real and it was just good. And to add to that, Zola was in second place with 21.5% of the vote. And they're basically one and the same because they had one shared plan. Yeah, it's really awkward to split them out when it's <laughs> one <Yeah>. plan. <laughs> yeah. Third place, however, was Ultron with 15.2%, which to me, I find kind of funny because as we talked about in our Avengers Age of Ultron episode, since Ultron can just keep making more of himself, his final battle of putting all of himself in one place to be exterminated by the Avengers was weird. And he could have destroyed the world in so many other ways, like invading every nuclear facility in the world simultaneously. He could have had better plans, but the plan that he went with was good. It was neat, but it was <laughs> odd. Yeah. So for worst plans, we have Malekith at 27.3%, which is odd because his plan isn't bad. It's just bland. Yeah. Uh, second with 26%, which is super close, was Aldrich Killian, which his plan also was just kind of weird. Like, he wanted to control the greatest terrorist in the world and also be like the greatest weapons manufacturer in the world so like he controlled the whole war on terror and was like going to be the most rich and powerful person in the world that's not even that unreasonable of a goal he's just a very odd character and third place was darren cross who was almost the same thing with 23.2 percent like he's going to control the greatest weapon in the world and have the fuel for it so he's going to be the strongest person in the world to be fair i think this is the least accurate gauge 
of any yeah. of the poll results because I think people just voted for the ones they didn't like, the villain they didn't like. <laughs> I agree. Like, Ronan's plan was, I am doing work for Thanos. Ooh, I have the Infinity Stone. I'm going to fight Thanos. Like, was that really a good idea? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, we should talk about the combatants because I think this one has a few more interesting characters. Although the Winter Soldier takes the cake. So we have Aldrich Killian and the extremist fighters. I combine them all together. Malekith, the Winter Soldier, Ronin, Nebula, Ultron, and Yellow Jacket. So for favorite, the Winter Soldier crushed it with 73.4%. <laughs> No one got close. Ultron was in second at 12.2. <laughs> I mean, honestly, none of these villains are very good. Yeah, and the thing is with the Winter Soldier is, like, he is a great story, but, like, he's not even that much of a villain because he's, like, this weird eventual anti-hero from Steve's past. Like, he's cool and stuff, but, like, he's not the best villain. I don't know. It's literally, like... People know the Winter Soldier's character, and none of these villains are really great, so they just picked the one that was <laughs> the best. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't remember all of my votes for the poll, but I think I chose Nebula, because she was the one in this phase who really appealed to me and seemed to have, like, a compelling deep story behind her. And being this cool cyborg was pretty interesting. Like, I really loved her immediately. She got third, by the way, with 8%. Yeah, I felt the opposite about Nebula. We've discussed this. Um. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, for least favorites, again, Malekith, 48.3%. No one likes Malekith. Adrit Killian and Extremist Fighters were in second with 26.2%. And Yellow Jacket was in third with 13%. Yep. So the favorites and least favorites, those answers aren't all that surprising. But I thought what was more interesting was asking who you thought had the coolest and lamest powers. Because... The Winter Soldier can't get the coolest powers. All he has is a metal arm. <laughs> sure. Well, that that's not even true. He has Captain America powers. Yeah, not as good, though. What do you mean not as good? He doesn't have the true superhero soldier serum that Cap has. No, but he can still run faster or as fast as Cap and the strength, and he has a metal arm. Okay, maybe, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Bucky's exact stats if he is actually at the same level as Captain America. But anyways, for coolest powers, we have Ultron with 26.8%, which I find intriguing because when we rewatched Age of Ultron for the podcast, there are just like a few new things I learned about him that I didn't really notice originally. Like, he has like telekinetic powers. Ultron sometimes like lifts random pieces of road. So yeah, Ultron is just really interesting because, like, he has all the powers of Iron Man, somehow some kind of telekinesis, which it probably is magnetism, but it didn't look like magnetism because it was road segments. And he's a hive mind, and I find hive minds super compelling, and I really wish they took advantage of that more in Age of Ultron, since they focus so much on Ultron Prime all the time, which kind of negates the point of how cool a hive mind can be. Yeah, you saying he has telekinesis is news to me i didn't <laughs> notice that uh, but yeah i agree so in second place we do have the winter soldier with 21.3 percent and third we have aldrich killian and the extremist fighters and i think the extremist virus is super interesting like you can cut off their arm it'll grow right back and aldrich killian can shoot freaking fire from his face 
I think that was so cool, and I think not having Pepper keep the extremist powers for future movies was a huge loss. Huge mistake. That would have been so cool. And her hero name could have been Hot Pepper, or something like that. Oh, no. She's spicy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and fourth place, super close, was Yellow Jacket with 16.9%. So, unlike favorites and least favorites, the coolest powers was distributed a lot more evenly. <laughs> Indeed. Though, for lamest, Malekith wins again with 34.2%. Yeah. <laughs> what a winner. I mean, this one is kind of faulty, too, because half of them don't have powers. Yeah, well, I mean, Malekith and Ronin have, like, super strength. Does Malekith have super strength? I don't know. He was able to handle Thor, sort of. He used the ether. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if he fought before then. He just, like, invaded Asgard with his spaceships and, like, had, like, one of his allies fight more he had like a super warrior dude do things yeah the guy that killed freya right maybe i think so anyways yeah (laughs) he (laughs) long story short malekith is not a very compelling character for any reason whatsoever (laughs) yeah but then ronan and nebula don't have any powers either so well nebula has like minor cyborg things so yeah that's super cool Okay. <laughs> I like Nebula. <laughs> All right, anyways. Second place was Aldrich Killian, which is kind of funny because he got second place for coolest and lamest powers. Oh, actually, no, sorry. He got third place for coolest. But anyways, it's kind of funny when it's like that. Third place was Nebula with 15.7%, and fourth place was Yellow Jacket with 14.1%. I don't know why people voted for Yellow Jacket so much. His powers are cool. He's Ant-Man with lasers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, again, the I vote for my least favorite villain thing, I think. Yeah. Well, anyways, shall we move on? <laughs> to love interests. Ooh, yeah. So, we've already talked about the heroes and villains, but what about their love companions? So, we have Pepper Potts. We have Jane Foster. We have Sharon Carter and Bucky as possible love interests for Captain America, if you are a slash shipper for Bucky. We have the pairing of Gamora and Star-Lord, the pairing of Black Widow and Bruce Banner, and Hope Van Dyne. And I am kind of disappointed that Pepper was not the winner for favorite love interest. Gamora and Star-Lord was everyone's favorite couple, with 36.2%, which again, is not because of Phase 2, because they didn't get together until Phase (laughs) 3. Uh... I I disagree. I think they definitely showed their relationship in Phase 2. They had blossoming, but it wasn't, like, as established as, like, Tony and Pepper. I just love that relationship, okay? They didn't get together yet, but it was definitely a love interest situation. Yeah. Well, anyways, the next one with 18.8% is Bucky. And I'm always confused with this one of, is there that many people that ship Bucky with Cap? Or is it people just saying, oh, they're listing favorites? Bucky's my favorite. I thought you were going to say, oh, that's funny. I'm going to vote for that one. Or that. (laughs) (laughs) On the phase one poll, I remember some of the comments were like, really? You added that one? I'm like, have you never met a Bucky cap shipper? I have a bunch of friends who ship them. Yes, but you can ship anyone. It doesn't... No, but that's like an actually like well-established common thing that people have. Like That's a reasonable one to have, I think. I don't believe in it, but I think it's reasonable. Sure. (laughs) Anyways, third place was Pepper Potts with 13.5%. For least favorites, though, Jane Foster takes the cake with 48.1%. 
And this is bittersweet for me because I hate her. I think she is one of the worst characters in all of the MCU. But the Black Widow-Bruce Banner coupling in Age of Ultron, I think, was horrible. (laughs) I hated it so much. Did you vote for that one? I voted for that one, and it got 24.9%. I struggled with this question, too, but I had to vote for Jane because I still hate her more than them. Yeah. The thing is, Jane was just boring, and she's always boring, and she's out of the MCU, so, like, whatever. I don't like her. But Black Widow and Bruce Banner, like, actively reduced the quality of Age of Ultron to me, so I had to vote for them. Like, I really just did not like them. And Jane and Thor reduced the quality of Thor the Dark World. I don't care about that movie. It's not <laughs> because, a good movie. Because of Jane. <laughs> That's true. The entire plot did orbit around her and like the Aether being inside of her and it was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, third place was Sharon Carter with 14.6%, which is weird. I don't know why that many people were against her. I figured people just would just not care about her because she doesn't have that much impact in the movie. I understand that. I don't really like the pairing. They don't really have chemistry, and they kind of force it without building it up much. Yeah, but that's not till phase three. Well, yeah, I guess people are voting it for phase three. Well, it also starts here. Hardly. Yes, but hardly is enough. I know. Okay. Anyways, yeah. I mean, I had trouble with this question, too. I'm like, I don't really care that much for any of these ships so i i ended up voting for bucky because i'm like that's who i would like to be together actually (laughs) (laughs) well anyways we asked favorite and least favorite but we also asked what you think the best and worst on-screen chemistry is because even if you'd love a specific pairing the most you might not actually agree that they're the best pairing on screen so the winner of this for chemistry is still gamora and star lord but This time they have 38.5%, which is actually a little bit higher. However, now Pepper took a lot more of the vote, and she's at 28.8%. Because you can't deny, Pepper and Tony Stark have great chemistry on screen, even when they're pissing each other off. For sure. Third place was Bucky again, but this time only 12.7%. And I didn't mention her in favorites, but Hope Van Dyne got fourth in favorites, and she got fourth in best on-screen chemistry with 8.9%. And right below Hope is Black Widow and Bruce Banner, which was... Shocking. Yeah, because they get second worst love pairing, but then there's actually quite a few people who clearly like them. (laughs) And I gotta say, in Avengers Infinity War, even though there's like one scene of them together, like, the chemistry felt way better right then. So if they bring that plot point back, I think it has a chance of being done well, but... In phase two, I just don't think it was. Did they even do anything except say, hey, Nat? (laughs) I mean, yes. They didn't do much. (laughs) But it felt better because it actually felt like it had a foundation, unlike Age of Ultron, where it felt kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. For worst on-screen chemistry, Jane Foster wins with 49.2%. Because, like, one thing I really noticed with the Thor movies is that all the romantic conversations between Thor and Jane is Thor explaining the science of the movie. (laughs) Yep. That science really gets me hot. (laughs) I mean, she's an astrophysicist, but whatever. (laughs) Oh, side note, I should mention she got zero votes for best on-screen chemistry. (laughs) Yeah. Second place was Black Widow and Bruce Banner at 21.8%, and third place was Sharon Carter at 17.1%. Sounds about right. Yeah. 
So now that we've talked about the heroes, the villains, the love interests, we wanted to talk about the side characters. So we just wanted people to vote for who their favorite side character was overall. And the winner of this one was Loki at 19%. Because although Thor The Dark World is not a good movie, he was a standout. And he is probably what made that movie bearable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, as soon as they knocked out Jane Foster and pretty much just replaced her with Loki, the movie's quality just really jumped up. Because he is always a pleasure to watch. (laughs) Thor and Loki's relationship in that film is my favorite part of it. And that's also my favorite appearance of Loki is... In the Dark World. That's the one I like his character the most. Yeah, it's great. Because, like, you see him go through, like, tragedy and loss. Like, sure, he was the villain in the last movie. But, like, on an Asgardian scale, it wasn't that bad of a thing. And then his mom died. And his mom was, like, the person he cared about the most. And it was just great. He was great. And Luis got second place with 17%. Because he is hilarious. (laughs) Uh, yeah. (laughs) Kind of shocking to me was Yondu got third with 14%. Uh, that's definitely weighted from the second movie. Yeah. That's all I have to say. (laughs) I told everyone, only use your opinions of phase two. (laughs) And although Falcon and War Machine got a bunch of hate above, they ranked highly in this list. Falcon was in fourth with 9%, and Rhodey was in fifth with 5%. How did Rhodey get 5%? I have no idea. (laughs) Like, although I find him enjoyable at times, I would never rate him close to my favorite side character. Yeah, no, there's no way. I'm pretty sure I voted for Cassie. Yeah, Cassie is the most lovable, sweet, hilarious child, and she deserved to make the top group. It's actually funny. I only listed characters who got at least 4%, and then I just wrote the rest as other because it's just insignificant votes. I should just say who those people were, though. Anyways, Jarvis was next at 5%. Then Claw, Heimdall, and Fury all got 4%. But no girl made the top group. Not a single one. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) No wonder they don't make female protagonist Marvel movies. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. (laughs) I feel like there's two reasons for this. I know, Trey, you wanted to put Black Widow on this list, but I knew she would have absorbed all the votes because in Winter Soldier, she's kind of just a side character. But she's not a side character overall, so I didn't want her on this list. But I'm amazed that Hope didn't get there. Cassie didn't get there. Like, no females got on this list. Pepper didn't get there. Hope does not have much of a character in Ant-Man except for being the I'm mad at the hero because I can't be the hero. Yeah, So that and, like, Scarlet Witch... And Cassie are, like, the only other women. So it's really probably an issue of not having good female characters rather than it is the female characters being bad. (laughs) Yeah, and I would complain that even Claw made the top eight, but, like, that's clearly because of Phase 3. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, those were our top side characters. Though now... Since we're in phase two, there's actually a bunch of characters that have multiple movies. So we wanted to ask, which is your favorite of each franchise? So first off, Iron Man, who is the first character to finish a trilogy. To no one's surprise, most likely, the most popular movie was Iron Man 1 with 72%. Then Iron Man 3 with 20% and Iron Man 2 with 8 I do have to say from this that I am glad we have actual data saying that Iron Man 3 is better than Iron Man 2. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Iron Man 3 is way better than Iron Man 2. But there's a lot of people who argue that Iron Man 2 is way better than 3. I think that kind of has to do with what we were talking about before, how with the Mandarin twist, it made a lot of people really hate Iron Man 3. So those people are just more vocal. Yeah, maybe it is that they're more vocal about it. (laughs) I'm actually kind of surprised by the 20% that Iron Man 3 got. Like, although I do really greatly enjoy that movie, like, I just think Iron Man 1 is so much better. I voted for Iron Man 3. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) So, for Thor, we have two movies to compare. No surprise. 86% said Thor 1 was better, but 14% said Thor The Dark World was better. I was one of them. (laughs) I know. I know that you're one of them. You sicken me. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So for Iron Man and Thor, both of their first movies won. But for Captain America, its second movie won with 90%. (laughs) No surprise there. It crushed the first Avenger. Which, it's a good movie, but it just can't compare to how amazing the Winter Soldier is. Even though some people love the first one better somehow. They're very different. They are very different, and I know, like, if people are more into the classic film vibe of the World War II storyline and also just the incredibly noble character growth that Captain America has in that film, like, that's what makes them choose that one over Winter Soldier. Yeah, it's more cheery and, like, fun and inspiring compared to Winter Soldier. But Winter Soldier, I believe, is just a better story. It's way stronger and tighter of a film. Yeah. And then, of course... We have now two Avengers movies. So 85% said The Avengers was their favorite, and 15 said Age of Ultron was their favorite. I'm actually kind of surprised by how polarized this is. I thought it was going to be a little more even. Really? I don't know. The thing is, when we have talked about both movies in this podcast, I definitely have, like, rose-tinted glasses or whatever for the first one. That movie was so great because it was the first. But... As a standalone movie compared to what we have now in Phase 3, it's not that amazing of a movie. It's a really good movie, but it's not incredible. And I feel very similarly about Age of Ultron. So I guess I like Avengers 1 more, but just because it's 1. I think that most of the audience is wearing those rose-colored glasses that you mentioned because everyone is extremely biased to their first experience with Avengers and their first experience with Avengers 2 being let down. Yeah. And that's why it is this way. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And I am realizing how much I apparently am going against the grain for these because I also voted for (laughs) (laughs) Age of Ultron. (laughs) Man, you only agreed with it once. I think I agreed with the majority every single time. Yeah. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we have one last question before going into our nitty-gritty individual questions, which was, which is your favorite Stan Lee cameo? Which, the winner was the Age of Ultron cameo with 47.8% of the vote, which was the veteran getting drunk off Thor's super booze from Asgard. That surprises me that that was the favorite, to be honest. Me too. It, like has almost half the votes, and I did not think it would. Not at all. No, uh, I I mean, I personally think that his I'm so fired line is way funnier. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one from Captain America, which got 20.7% of the vote, which was second place. That's the one I voted for, I believe. 
But I think part of the reason why the Age of Ultron won one is because he said his catchphrase of Excelsior. Yeah, I think it's definitely <laughs> the Excelsior and also because he's drunk. People yeah. are like, ha ha ha, Stanley drunk, ha ha ha. Yeah. But in third place, we have 17.7% where he wasn't drunk, but he was a bartender in Luis's story, which is also hilarious. Yes. Next, we have Guardians with 8.6%, where he is the Zendarian ladies' man that Rocket sees creeping on a girl. Who voted for that? 8.6% of people. A lot. Why would anyone vote for that? (laughs) I don't know. Then the Thor and Iron Man ones don't have many votes. Which is good, because the beauty pageant one was even worse. (laughs) Yeah, because he's just doing a beauty pageant, he's like a hot chick, and he's like, 10 out of 10. (laughs) Cool, now you're the creepy old man. I'd rather you be the creepy... er, The old war veteran drinking Thor's booze. So anyways, now that we've covered our questions about the movies and who you thought was the best and which aspects you thought were the best, we wanted to dive down into a few more direct questions. So the first thing that we asked was, do you like the twist with the Mandarin? Because this one was really divisive when the movie came out. And 57.8% of people said, yes, they did like it. And I'm one of them. I thought it was hilarious. And the actor, Trevor, who was pretending to be the Mandarin, was hilarious. And in the beginning of the film, when he was this man who was talking about lessons, that fortune cookies were an American invention. Like, that performance just really stood out to me, and I loved it. I think a huge flaw of this yes or no section, which I told Henry was a huge flaw, (laughs) is that they don't have, or is that we didn't put in an I don't know option. (laughs) Because I love Iron Man 3. I don't really care about the Mandarin twist, but if you force me to choose a side, I'm like barely, slightly leaning towards no, so I had to vote no. (laughs) I guess I should have said, were you fine with the twist? Anyways, I wanted to keep it simpler and more concise and our last poll had a bunch of yes or no questions so that's why i did it (laughs) (laughs) anyways the next question was did you think the iron man trilogy had a satisfying conclusion since it was the first trilogy to conclude and 66.1 percent voted yes they did think it had a satisfying conclusion but a third didn't yeah To be fair, the end of the movie is very odd when he destroys all the suits and then is like i am iron man But I like the idea of that's just him saying it's not the suits, him. He is Iron Man, especially when he did a lot in this movie without the suit, like when he invaded that mansion, which is one of my favorite action scenes of the entire MCU. Tony Stark without a suit. Yeah, it was great. I think this movie did a really good job of wrapping up the trilogy. Like they showed you all of his suits in action. They showed you him without a suit. They... Ended it with him blowing them all up, even though it doesn't quite line up with the following movies after that. I feel like it still ended his trilogy really well. But now I'm really wishing that we'd included the question, do you like Iron Man 3? Just to see <laughs> what the the numbers are for that. <laughs> yeah, because it would have been nice to see if the people that didn't like the Mandarin twist or Iron Man 3 like lined up with this. Anyways, it's also kind of weird because... It ended so early. Like, this was the first movie in Phase 2 where Iron Man was already finished. And now, Iron Man has had so much more character development in other movies. Like, his trilogy is, like, 
altogether movie one of his story. Like, his whole arc as a character is like a trilogy, and his movies is part one. Yeah, it makes me really sad that they rushed out Iron Man 2 because they could have done such a better job if they'd actually spanned it out with everyone else's trilogies as well. Yeah, totally. And I I really wish we got more solo Iron Man because, like, yeah, his movies are like part one, him becoming Iron Man. His part two is Age of Ultron and Civil War, like him kind of coming to terms with his effect on the world and what that means and what he should do. And then, like, Infinity War and Spider-Man Homecoming and eventually Avengers 4, we're going to see the finale, I assume, of his full arc. Yeah. Oh, I want more Iron Man. <laughs> so the last Iron Man question that we asked in this group was, do you think Iron Man should have called in the Avengers in Iron Man 3? Because one problem that having an Avengers movie brought up is that now all these heroes know each other and have a team together. So when they need help, why don't they call each other? And... I was really surprised to see that only 27% of people agreed that Iron Man should have called the Avengers. 73% said no. The president got kidnapped and Captain America and S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't involved. How is that okay? (laughs) I don't know, but I think people may just be biased towards not questioning the films that they like because they voted the same thing for the other ones. If Cap should have called the Avengers and Winter Soldier. But I think that one makes more sense because there were eyes on him everywhere. If he called anyone, they probably would have tracked where he was. Like, I thought Captain America not calling the Avengers made way more sense. But in Iron Man 3, the freaking president got kidnapped. It was very publicized. Like, come on. (laughs) Although I did love the house party. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. So, anyways, I think it makes sense that only 30.5% of people said that Captain America shouldn't have called the Avengers, but I don't get it for Iron Man. He totally should have. I think it also makes sense that Captain America didn't know who to trust in that movie. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I think in Captain America, it makes sense that he didn't, but in Iron Man, he totally should have called them in. I think that's how I voted, too, and I'm actually surprised you agree with me. Well, (laughs) that's why I put in the question. We did kind of skip over the Thor question, which was, do you think Thor 2 should be as reviled as it is? And our poll has shown that people really don't like it. And, but the majority said, no, it shouldn't be as reviled with 57.5% of people disagreeing. Excuse me. The poll did not show that people don't like it. The poll showed that it was their least favorite among the Marvel films. True, true, true. So, this actually shows that 60% of the fan base don't think it should be as reviled as it is. Eh, I don't agree. (laughs) Which I am happy with, because that's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyways, back to Captain America. The next question we asked was, do you agree with Fury's original plans for Project Insight? Which was, like, using their technology to figure out where threats are going to come, and taking them out in advance. And 36.2% of people said yes, and 63.8% said no. And I'm really surprised that over a third of the people who voted agreed with Fury's plan. Unless they just didn't remember it. (laughs) Honestly, I think that's what happened. I don't think people remember that he was going to literally kill people before they did crimes, because they were probably going to do crimes. It wasn't about killing people, though, was it? It was taking out threats before they did anything. Just Hydra's threats were anyone that would stop them. It was to identify threats before they did anything, but did he say he would kill them? 
I think it's kind of implied when you have three giant flying gunships. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, the next one, <laughs> the next one related to that was we asked, "Do you consider Black Widow a side character in the Winter Soldier?" And thirty six percent of people said yes, and sixty four percent said no. So the majority of people do not consider Black Widow a side character in the Winter Soldier. You guys are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, now we move on to some Age of Ultron stuff. So the first thing we asked was, do you think that Tony creating the Iron Legion after destroying all of his old suits in Iron Man 3 made sense? And the majority of people agreed, with 62.5% saying yes, they thought it made sense. And yeah, I still don't get this one. I don't think it makes sense. It doesn't. I I don't know why people voted that way. I also don't know why they voted that way about the next question. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I mean... So the next question is, do you think the creation of Ultron in the film makes sense? With 83.6 of the people saying it does make sense, which it's kind of weird because there's a few ways that you can look at it. You can say, does Tony's desire to make Ultron make sense? Or you can also say, does how it happened made sense? Because how it happened was really weird, but I think Tony's desire totally makes sense. I don't think this suggests Tony's desire, though. It's about the creation of Well, okay. That's why I think it was so overwhelmingly positive. I think it's because that's how people perceived it. They were talking about why, not how. It was too confusingly worded. I don't know how else we could have worded that, though. We could have talked about was Tony's rationale for wanting to make Ultron logical. That wasn't the question. I don't know. My question was, does Ultron coming to life from the Mind Stone make sense? (laughs) Yeah, so anyways, I don't know if our poll results answered that question <laughs> mm, probably not <laughs> yeah so the next ultron question was the one that trey wanted to ask <laughs> should hawkeye have died instead of quicksilver <laughs> i'm honestly surprised that so few people think he should have uh with 18.2 percent thinking that he should have died instead of quicksilver and 82 percent thinking that he shouldn't have I mean, I think it's kind of a weird one to ask because it doesn't feel like you're saying, oh, I think Quicksilver should live. It's like saying, I think Hawkeye should die. So I don't think a lot of people are willing to say that. (laughs) Well, the reason I worded it that way is because in the film, it's either Hawkeye dies or Quicksilver dies. And the film sets up Hawkeye's death and then as a plot twist does Quicksilver, even though it makes no sense since he's running into bullets that he literally could have swatted away. I bet you didn't see that coming. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why I was saying, should he have died instead of Quicksilver? Yeah. Quicksilver dying because of bullets was ridiculous. He should have been able to save the day and not die pretty easily. Yeah. Like, compared to his feats earlier in the movie with, like, saving all those people from getting crashed into by train, like, he definitely is fast enough. Definitely. Yeah. Anyways, the next question, our last Age of Ultron question, was, is Sokovia Tony's fault? With 45.2% of people saying yes and 54.8% of people saying no. I'm honestly kind of surprised by how even it is. I'm surprised it, the majority said no. I thought they were going to say yes. I agree. I thought I thought it was a Iron Man fault thing. Maybe we should have a civil war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do like that it's very fitting in setting up civil war that this question had a 50-50 split. But the thing is, like, Tony... 
although, like, he's kind of not morally responsible for what happened, he still is responsible. Like, he didn't directly be like, Ultron, go kill tons of people in this city. But he did make Ultron. So it's like this weird, weird situation where if I lived in the MCU world, I would be furious with Iron Man. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like the majority of posts about Iron Man and superhero stuff in general assume Tony is to blame for this. So that's why I'm surprised to see that the majority said, no, it's not his fault. Yeah, I mean, it was like an accident and he had a noble cause of why to do it. He wanted to protect the world. And like, we see more of this aspect of him in Infinity War where like his entire mindset after Avengers 1 is, I need to save the planet. We're not ready. We could have aliens pop down at any second and kill us all. I need to save everyone. And that's when after Avengers and Iron Man 3, he's freaking out, making the house party in all the Iron Man suits. Like he's going crazy trying to literally protect everyone and then Ultron happens and it's an accident and I believe it's his fault however I think he had reasonable cause to try to do this that's why I still like him even though in this case he did something bad he had noble cause I I decline to comment (laughs) (laughs) whatever man Uh, anyways our next question was should hank pym have let hope do the mission instead of bringing in scott so basically did the entire plot of ant-man need to happen (laughs) should hank have just let hope do it earlier on (laughs) and 38.6 percent of people said yes hope should have done it and 61 percent said no which come on people let's be real this is Yeah, this is heavily biased towards, (laughs) but Scott, I like Scott as Ant-Man, but really Hope was way more capable and they didn't need to bring anyone in. And the only reason she didn't is because her father didn't want to put her in danger. But it also would have been safer and easier if they just took care of this like weeks ago because they already knew it was going to be an issue. Yeah, and Hope already knew how to work the suit. She already knew how to man the ants. It was, no, (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, like I absolutely love that movie. But it's one of those ones where, if you think about it too much, the plot didn't need to happen. Yeah, I love the movie, too. I love Scott. I love Ant-Man. But Hope could have done the mission better than Scott. (laughs) Totally. So our next group of questions was asking about antiheroes and villains. And it was, do you think the following characters deserve a chance of redemption? And we were talking about Nebula, Bucky, and Loki. And the problem with all of these characters is that Essentially, the answers to these questions were all answered in Phase 3. So I don't really know how people would have truly answered these questions right after Phase 2. So for Nebula, 78.9% of people agreed that she deserved redemption. Bucky, 95.6% of people agreed. And Loki, 73.5% agreed. So the majority agreed every single time. With Bucky having a very strong, strong majority of people. I'm honestly surprised that almost 5% of people said no. Like, he was brainwashed when he did all of those crimes. Yeah, I think Bucky's 95% makes the most sense since it wasn't him. He literally had no control. Yeah. Nebula at 78.9% kind of surprises me if people were only comparing Phase 2. Because we only really get glimpses of her horrible past. But even so, she does some seriously evil things in that movie. She's okay with destroying an entire planet to get back at Thanos. Yeah. Multiple planets. I love Nebula, but I think as of Phase 2, she didn't really deserve redemption yet. Yeah. And then Loki, 
kind of has a very similar thing where he had 73.5% of people. So he's the lowest, but still majority of people saying he deserved redemption. And as of phase two, it ends with him tricking Thor again. <laughs> like, sure, you could feel for him because his mom died. But like, what? <laughs> he, he totally does not deserve redemption at this point. Not only tricking Thor, but taking over the throne of Asgard as Odin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Loki does not reserve deserve it. Not at all. And I really wish we could have known what a pure answer to this poll would have been like at the end of phase two, but I guess we'll never really know. Nope. And our last question. The most important question of all. Should Captain America have more shirtless scenes? And we have a huge majority of 60% saying that he needs more shirtless scenes. Yeah, and although it's not for me, I'm fine with the people who appreciate the man service getting what they want. I mean, this is this is 60% of the fan base, men, women, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> More shirtless Captain America. He deserves it. You deserve it. Everyone deserves it. We got a comment from someone saying Thor should have more shirtless scenes and like, sure, everyone could have more shirtless scenes. Like, except the Hulk, he's almost always shirtless. Yeah, but <laughs> Captain America literally has one shirtless scene in all of the movies that he's in. And he has, I mean, look at that body. Why would he not have more? <laughs> Thor gets one in every movie, so I'm fine with him. <laughs> no love for Iron Man. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I, I just don't know why they don't use the goods they've got. It's literally like he's literally <laughs> the most popular draw for women and half the people around and they they don't show the goods. Yeah. Even Star-Lord got his scene in Guardians. <laughs> True. <laughs> it was really funny seeing him in Guardians as like super buff and stuff after Parks and Rec where he's chubby and it was just so weird. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was really weird. <laughs> yeah. So aside from the questions, though, we did get some other comments as we've been slowly interspersing throughout the podcast. And one of them, which I could not disagree with more, was Black Widow and Bruce Banner's relationship was the best subplot in Phase 2. Not in Age of Ultron, in Phase 2. I could not disagree with you more, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, no. But someone else did note that Bruce and Nat could have worked in better hands. And they said, I can see what they were trying to go for with it. Natasha being infatuated with Bruce because he's a more sensitive and vulnerable guy compared to the other men in her life is an interesting angle. And I agree with this too, but it was not handled well in Age of Ultron. Yeah, I agree entirely. And one of the biggest problems is the fact that neither of them have had a solo outing in forever. The Hulk only had one. It was ages ago. A different actor. They don't even care about his previous love interest of Buddy Ross anymore. And Black Widow, who has always just been everyone's sidekick. And when Age of Ultron was new, this was still when people were expecting Black Widow and Hawkeye to end up together. Or maybe even Black Widow and Captain America after how chummy they were in The Winter Soldier. Yeah. And then Black Widow and frickin' Bruce Banner came out of nowhere. And it was not handled well. No. <laughs> they even had, like, I remember when we did our phase one poll, we also talked about Justice League. And there's a scene in that movie where Flash falls onto Wonder Woman and grabs her boobs. And there's a scene in Age of Ultron where that happens with Bruce Banner and Nat. And I'm like, what is wrong with Whedon and doing that joke? Like, the only other places I see that is in skeevy anime. 
And I love anime, but that's definitely one of the things I'm not proud of about my interests. <laughs> yeah, that's... <sighs> like, Whedon does a really good job sometimes, but that particular type of humor is off-putting. And I've seen Joss Whedon do really amazing things with romance, so seeing what he did with Black Widow and Bruce Banner in this film, it's it's disappointing. Yeah, it's not his finest work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving on, someone voiced their unpopular opinion. <laughs> they said, I don't get why there is so much hate for Thor the Dark World. Though the villain was bland, it well depicts Thor's family issues. For instance, Odin and Thor had the same conversation as in Phase 1, except the roles are swapped. I do respect that Thor the Dark World does a great job of characterizing all of Thor's family. Except I do not agree that it did a good job with Odin, because it felt super out of place after Thor 1. Them swapping roles just felt wrong to me. And Odin seemed so aggressive for no reason in Thor The Dark World. I didn't like it. It didn't feel right. Yeah, I agree with that. I do really like how they handle Thor's family and Asgard and the relationship with Loki, though. And I think that's what makes the film better than the first one for me. Yeah, like Loki and Frigga are handled super well. Just Odin, I did not like. It's definitely... Not a great film, but it does some things really well. It needs more Lady Sif. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Someone commented the biggest blunders in the MCU were committed in this phase, which is a very interesting statement to make. And there's actually... I'm surprised how many people think that phase two is the weakest phase of the MCU, because I've always considered it the strongest. And... I just find this surprising. Like, I wasn't into Marvel until Phase 2. We got one comment saying, I just realized how unexciting Phase 2 is compared to Phase 3. Which, I mean, yeah, I guess Phase 3, like, upped the ante. Yeah. Phase 3 has been knocking it out of the park. <laughs> and other people are like, generally this is the least impressive phase. It's still a learning stage for Marvel. They get better. Phase 2 was cool, but definitely the weakest. It's the worst one overall. I'm like... I I am amazed by this. How do you feel about this, Henry? So I think it has to do with some of the stuff we talked about before, how people view the first thing as superior. And phase one gets a lot more credit than it deserves because it was the beginning. Iron Man 1 is absolutely fantastic. That is an amazing movie. Thor, mediocre. Incredible Hulk, not very good. Captain America 1, solid, pretty good. Avengers, groundbreaking and amazing at the time. Now, I would just say it's pretty good. Like, it's not a movie I rewatch almost ever, but Iron Man 1, I will rewatch all the time. Phase 2, however, has The Winter Soldier, Iron Man 3, and Guardians. Three movies, and Ant Man, four movies, sorry, that I love and I will rewatch. And although Iron Man 3 has problems, like, these movies are fantastic. And I just think because it's the middle phase, it doesn't get the credit it deserves. Also, just in respect to Phase 3, Phase 3 has just been so damn incredible that anything else seems a little worse. On average, there have definitely been misses in Phase 3, but on average, Phase 3 has just been amazing. 
Yeah, and I I don't really agree with popular opinion that Phase 3 is the best. I personally like Phase 2 better so far. I think Phase 3 has too many misses and too many mediocre films. But, yeah. (laughs) Okay, it's hard to compare since Phase 3 isn't over, but Phase 3's highs are super high. Their lows are disappointing because of how much knowledge they've accumulated. Like, for instance, I think Doctor Strange is a very boring origin story that we've already seen a thousand times. It's almost the exact same thing as Iron Man. It is not very compelling. It's not very good. The character is almost the same as Iron Man. The only thing that's impressive about it is the magic, the cool effects. So having a movie of that quality in Phase 3 is just disappointing. I feel the same way about Black Panther as well. Even though I love the set pieces and the designs of everything and the characters, I think the actual plot was just more of the same. Nothing really exciting. Same here. As people who have seen our special on Black Panther, both of us felt that way. We also both did not find Guardians 2 as good as Guardians 1. Guardians 2, I'm just going to say it now since we're not covering that movie, is my least favorite Marvel film. Yeah, (laughs) I like it, (laughs) but but it's not even close to as good as Guardians 1. But however, I do love Spider-Man and Thor and Infinity War and those ones just knocking it out of the park and Civil War. So it's like, God, those are some heavy hitters. I agree about Thor and Spider-Man and Civil War. (laughs) I think Infinity War has some great highs. I don't think they came together as well as they could have as a film. But I feel like half of the movies are as bad as half of the movies are good. And that's why I'm saying Phase 2 has a better average. (laughs) Yeah, but Phase 3 has two more movies left. So it'll be easier to judge once it's complete. Yeah. To see if their 50-50 gets a little better. But we did have... I mean, we had quite a few comments in addition to the ones saying that Phase 2 was weak. There was quite a few saying that it was phenomenal it was great like one person says i lost a lot of my interest in the mcu after phase two aside from dr strange i still see the films but i'm not as hyped like i was during phase two i'm like i'm kind of feeling that with you (laughs) (laughs) i do remember my hype dwindling after dr strange but god thor spider-man and infinity war just earned it all back (laughs) yeah Someone said, probably the MCU's best phase yet, and certainly its most consistent in terms of quality. Even the Dark World was more boring than outright awful. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah. I wouldn't uh, mark that as consistent, uh, but I think Thor is notably bad compared to the rest. I also just thought it was really interesting how much differentiation people had between the movies that they hate and the movies they love. Like... One person said, crazy how this phase had two of the best movies, Winter Soldier and Guardians, and two of the worst movies, Dark World and Age of Ultron. So wildly inconsistent. Someone else said, the best movies in this phase are Iron Man 3, Guardians, and Ant-Man. Someone else said, the only good movies are Iron Man 3, Winter Soldier, and Age of Ultron. (laughs) And another person said that Iron Man 3 and Guardians were the weakest entries. Like, I... Ever thought someone would say Guardians was one of the weakest entries. Right? That was so surprising. And they also said Ultron and Thor 2 aren't bad like everyone says they are, and Winter Soldier is the best. (laughs) That's, I mean, that part's fine. (laughs) Anyways, it's just a great reminder of how diverse all the movies are in general. 
because there's something for everyone. Even if you're not a super fan who's going to watch them all like us, there's always going to be one that stands out to you. For instance, like when I saw Guardians, I brought two of my friends who hate superhero movies and they loved it. So even if you're not into superheroes or you think there's too many superhero movies, I'm sure there's at least one MCU one you will love. Yeah, for sure. DC might be another story. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But one last comment to leave off on is someone said, definitely think the MCU has to evolve from its copy-paste kill villain formula. And that is something that I am very much starting to agree with. Oh, yeah. That's definitely one thing that Spider-Man and, like, DC Comics has over most of, like, all of Marvel and the MCU. They have such dynamic villains who stick around and don't die so that you learn way more about the villains and their stories evolve too, and it's just way more compelling. And it makes the conflicts between the heroes and the villains way heavier. So that's one thing I really love about characters like Nebula and Loki sticking around. However, they're becoming, like, anti-hero heroes So it's not exactly the same. I want villains who stay villains and to learn more about them. Yeah, and just moving away from getting constant origin stories where they're just retreading the same ground with a different hero and a bad version of the villain. And I'm ready for more. They've done more. They've done Civil War. They've done Infinity War. They've done crazy things. And they need to keep on that fresh path of good films Sorry, they need to keep on that path of great films rather than going back to the good, decent, solid that has worked for them in the past. Indeed. So I guess that pretty much sums up our last official podcast before we go on our indefinite hiatus. Yeah. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this ride with us through all of phase one and two, except Daredevil. Yeah, um, if this is the first time that you're learning that we are going on hiatus, sorry, that's happening. (laughs) As we've said in previous episodes, it is a lot of work to do this podcast, and we just don't have the time anymore, but we really wanted to finish Phase 2 at the very least. Yep, but we will probably be releasing specials on new movies still, so stay tuned for those if you're interested. Yeah, and you can still reach out to us on social media if you want to say hi. Or discuss things in our episodes, such as someone pointed out that I said that Victor Von Doom was the king of Sokovia. I totally mix that up with Latveria just because they're random Eastern European countries. And yeah, my bad. (laughs) Yeah, but I guess one last time, if you do want to find us on social media, say hi while we're on pause. (laughs) Give us your (laughs) thoughts if you're listening to us fresh. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Marvelous MCU. You can find us on Instagram at Marvelous MCU Podcast. And you can send us an email at MarvelousMCUPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and like and share this podcast wherever you listen to it. There's this whole backlog now of two phases of Marvel for anyone to listen to. So if you have a friend who is watching the MCU for the first time or just someone who loves all the films and TV shows, have them take a look at the podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, so thanks everyone for listening along to our all of our thoughts on this huge Marvel adventure. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been so fun to do this.
Bye, everybody. Farewell.